0: Thank you. Um, before we start, a very treasured friend, when he uh, who I admire heard the word "mother heart," said, "Woo, it's a bit new agey. <laughs> Deal with it. It's not. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I am. That's right. Okay." Thanks, Daryl. So Mother's Day, a day that all of us can relate to. Even if you have not a mother, not a mother, you have actually had a mother. You've had someone that's played a significant role in your life. Today may be a day of rejoicing. It may be a day of reflection. It could be a day of great sadness. Or for some, it is just another day. Whichever category you fall into, this day is now a very highly commercialised day. But it is a day that we can consider the wider connotation of what motherhood is. You know, when you have little ones, Mother's Day is a really exciting day. And they take their little coins and they go off to kinder or school, and they come home with this carefully chosen gift that they've agonised over. And, And then there's two kinds of kids. There's the kids that come out of school with their paper bag and, look, Mum, see what I bought you? Or there's the kid that gets a brown paper bag and puts their present into it and then when Mum comes, they scrunch it up so she doesn't see it and then they stick it into their bag and then they stick the lunchbox in and their footy in and then they sit on it while they're waiting for Mum and then when they get home, they pull it out and they put it in their room and <gasps> Mum might find it. Right, I'll stick it under the mattress or I'll put it in the cupboard And so by the time Mother's Day arrives, you get this beautiful, squished, crushed, crumpled, gorgeous gift. (laughs) Lovely. I have one of those. (laughs) And the cards, they are my favourite. They they are so lovingly made, with the little stick figures and I love mum, sympathy cards. Uh, X, O, X, O, hug, kiss, hug, kiss, but probably the, the best thing about them is the love and truth that is written in those cards and they're made in a time of innocence and dependence when you were their parents and they listened to what you said. It was a world before friends, Facebook, Twitter and before they found out the real truth. Their parents are fallible. I'm not sure if any one of you have seen this, but um, if you haven't, enjoy it. So. Don't do this to me again. You guys, thank you. Hi, good afternoon. Sorry about yeah. that. Point. I'm, nice to meet you as well. you we ever done one of these interviews. Let the no, yeah. we'll a little done. bit about the job to get started with. It's not just the job; it's sort of probably the most important job. Uh, the title that we have going right now is operations, but it's really kind of so much more than that. Responsibilities and requirements are, are really quite extensive. Uh, first category: the requirements would be mobility. This job requires that you must be able to work standing up most or really all of the time. Uh, constantly on your feet, constantly bending over, constantly exerting yourself, a high level of stamina. Uh, uh, okay. That's a lot. For how many, like, for how many hours? 135 hours to unlimited hours a week. It's basically 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm sure you'll have to change from time to time to maybe just sit down here and there, yeah? You need a break? Yeah. Uh, no, there are no breaks available. Is, th- is that even legal? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, so like no lunch? You or? can have lunch, but only when the associate is done eating their lunch. <laughs> uh, I think that's a little intense. No. no that's crazy. Now, this position requires excellent negotiation and interpersonal skill. We're really looking for someone that might have a degree in uh, medicine, in finance, in culinary arts. You must be able to wear several hats. Associate needs constant attention. Sometimes they have to stay up. (laughs) There's (laughs) tissues (laughs) at (laughs) the (laughs) front. Motherhood. When you lay out the facts, who would want the job? And what person would willingly sign on for the role? Fortunately, most of us go into this job totally ignorant of all of those facts. (laughs) We don't understand the time, the heartache, the joy, or, as um, Bronwyn said earlier, the absolute privilege of being a mum. There are approximately 370,000 babies born each day, worldwide. So every year, we get 3,240,000 exhausted, tired mothers. And for those of us with children having a baby, in fact, making a baby is a good bit, Having a baby is the easy bit. (laughs) Praise the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Even for those who have had to seek help falling pregnant, those adopting and those fostering, those step-parenting, whatever length that process has taken you, it still remains easier than the lifelong commitment to that child. Never for a second have I regretted becoming a mum, but there have been times I have wondered, what have we done? And how do I do this? And why is it so hard? And why does it hurt so much, loving these children? On Anzac Day, we went to a A service in um, Pakenham along with quite a few hundred other people and uh, we were there to remember and honour the sacrifice that uh, had been made, the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. Soldiers who'd left home, they'd left their mothers, their fathers, their grandparents, siblings and gone across the seas to fight, many not having any idea of what they were letting themselves into and of course many that never came home. Many fathers fought alongside their sons, with their mothers and wives left behind. And I can only imagine, because that's all I can do, the pain and the heartache at seeing their husbands and their sons leave, knowing that they may not return. Their hearts must have been shredded and ripped out. I don't even know how they would have coped or how they went on, I, you know, I just, as a mother, I can't bear to think of it. And that morning, Mark just said to me, oh, by the way, um, could I swap the date you're sharing? to Mother's Day um, because of rah 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 rah. And I knew instantly that it is an honour and a privilege to be a mum and so too to stand up here on Mother's Day so I thank him for that. As a women we have inherited this instinct which I call mother heart. I couldn't bear to think of losing a son or a child. But what about the amazing heart of God who lost his son, who bore the iniquities of all of our sin? And so as I began to think about this, my mind started to expand on the the truth that we are made in the image of God, both male and female. And therefore it must follow that this instinct or this mother heart that we recognise as maternal... It must just be a reflection of his heart. And so I will preface this by saying this is not a feminist quest. This is not God is a she. God is and will always be Abba, my father, my foundation, my strength. But if we are made in his image, what we call maternal must have come from him. It's not the gender I am looking for, but it is the heart of God I pursue that mothering side of his. And so we start. Each of us was born, so it goes, each of us had a mother. And the Bible tells us everything in life is a result of God bringing it into existence. God spoke everything into existence purposefully and intentionally. And so the same is true for us. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born i set you apart we are set apart by god before unnatural birth but god's promise is so much more than that his promise is of a second birth we are born into the family of god co-inheritors redeemed and our names written into the book of life as parents our commitment to our children is lifelong As God's children, his commitment to us is for eternity. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. So we need to ask ourselves and those we know, have you experienced the second birth? For me, one of the most important words in the Bible about mothering, um, this aspect of God, is, is, is mercy. And as I have a want to do, I like to have a good pick around at some of these words. And the Hebrew word for mercy is racham. I think you say it like that. And uh, it means womb in Hebrew and Arabic. Mercy, Womb. And if you just take a moment to think about that, it's, um, it's quite amazing. And uh, when I was preparing this, everything inside me wanted me just to stop and just just really study that. And, and I will. And I, as soon as this is finished, I will. That will be my study. Mercy and womb. The Bible describes of mercy of God in the original Semitic language as womb, protective and nurturing. And just as a mother's womb protects and nourishes her baby until delivery, so too does God's womb. It protects and nourishes us until our delivery, when we return home. The mercy of God is ever faithful. It's like a devoted mother who never gives up on the child of her womb always offers shelter to its offspring, but so too does God. Dr. Daniel Oyuk of the St. John of Damascus Institute writes this, the deepest desire of God is to create new life and protect children from injury, to nurture them until they are mature and for their lives to ripen, so to speak, and to bear good God's mercy surrounds the human soul like a womb carries a child. And I think if you just imagine you or that child, it's just quite mind-blowing. God's love and compassion and prote- <laughs> protective mercy depicted in the Old Testament displays the loving role of a, of a mother. Listen to me, O house of Jacob. I hardly read it. That's daft. <laughs> and you who remain of the house of Israel, you whom I have upheld since you were conceived and have carried since your birth. And can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the one she has born? And as a mother comforts her child, so I Will comfort you. Oh, I could have read it there. <laughs> Interestingly, the uh, definition of mercy from Latin has three uh, three words that use just to describe the word, and the first is price paid. Jesus paid the ultimate price for our sin, and the s- second is wages, and as we know, Romans six twenty three, the wages of sin are death, and the third word it uses is benevolence the provision that has been made for us to be redeemed free of charge free of works and freed by grace and sometimes when life is hard and we don't know what to do we wait patiently on God's delivery and it's much like an embryo growing and developing in darkness but at the same time it has been nourished and sheltered, and protected. All of the work is done by the mother, or in our case, God. No effort needs to be expended. You're safe, you're warm, and protected. And so too, we must trust our deliverer. When we feel helpless, we can be assured of that same womb love. The ladies who've had children know the marvel of feeling that baby move for you, inside you for the first time. It it really is an incredible, incredible feeling. You know that the warmth and protection of your body is what keeps that baby safe. All of your child's tomorrows are wrapped in your body today. All of your tomorrows are wrapped inside God's womb of mercy today. You're safe, protected, warm, nourished, loved, cherished, full of hope and potential. Women are uniquely designed to carry and bear children, to provide comfort and nurture to a precious new life. And seemingly they have an unending capacity for giving unconditional love to children. And these unique qualities show us how God behaves towards us, even when we err. So I want to ask you, have you sought your security in Christ? And do you recognise all of your tomorrows are wrapped inside God's grace and mercy today? The psalmist writes in Psalm 131 too, but I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother like a weaned child is my soul within me. Now historically Hebrew children weren't weaned until they were about three and as any one of you know it's very difficult to get a three-year-old to sit quietly and contentedly on your knee. There's so much to see, so much to do let's run off, let's do this and do that. But what this writer says is, despite this, I sit contented and quiet. God is the source of our contentment and hope. And as a weaned child knows that it will be seeking and and receiving comfort and food from another source, it doesn't need to continually ask its mother. So too, we need to remember how contented in any situation we can be. That God will provide That we rest our hope in God now and forevermore. But the truth is, are we content to let God be God? Some of the most compelling footage you can watch is the footage of animals and their instinct in protecting their young. Thank you, Mister Bradley. Just as a mother wants to protect her young, we do the same with our children. We want to protect them from the harsh realities of this world. We want to ensure that they make good choices, to equip them and to teach them and guide them. And we all know too well that some choices will and do end in tears. And we also know that some of the consequences of our choices can change the trajectory of our lives. And if you've got teenagers, you will be all too well aware of this. How about when your children go out to play? You guide them and warn them, especially when they're going to someone's house or going to a new place, or, or they go on their first date. Or we have that wonderful thing called schoolies that they want to go on. As a mum and dad, you proceed to talk to them and you sit them down and, and you share with them some of the dangers. But as you continue, you notice that they're texting. They're not listening and they're not engaging. So what I want to ask you is, do you think we're any different when God talks to us? I don't know that we always listen. I don't know that we're always not distracted. But scripture tells us, come near to God and he will come near to you. The truth of our society is that um, relationships are not defined by having physical contact with friends, or even verbal contact with friends. We seek cyber relationships. And we look for all our answers by the inspired words of Google. And so I Googled. I miss God. And this is what came up. Anonymous said, I just searched the internet, I miss God, and I found your blog. Lani said, that's amazing and humbling. Josh said, I was just thinking the same thing. I googled I miss God and this came up. Anonymous said, same here, I googled Miss God God also. And finally, hallelujah, the other anonymous says, it's funny how people have actually googled I miss God. I wonder why. I mean, I did too. I miss God too, but instead of uh, opening my Bible or praying, I Googled it. <laughs> Do you draw near to God for protection? Do you run to the shelter of His arms, His nearness, so that He can keep you safe? Do you heed His warnings? Do you receive His comfort, His protection? And I want to know, do you receive your significance from him? And I think for mothers especially. We get a bit lost when we're at home and we're not doing and we, we think we're not doing. And it can be a time when we do lose our significance. But it doesn't come from what we do. It comes from him. And so today as we celebrate mothers, I'd like to take time out to reflect on where it all began and the truth of God's mercy and his womb-like comfort. Let us recognise our security in him that our tomorrows are wrapped inside God's grace and mercy today and let us remain contented in his presence and draw near to him. And finally, as a celebration to all the mums, I found this little clip, and I hope you like Let's pray. (laughs) Thank you, Father, for your heart, your heart that loved us first. And help us, Lord, again in your understanding of what it means to receive your mercy and all it encompasses in our lives. Please give us a fresh and new heart that quickens to you in all things. May we remain childlike in our acceptance of you and grow into the maturity with our lives ripening and bearing good fruit. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless all the mothers, whatever form they come in, Lord, and help them to reflect you always. Amen.